Hello and welcome to a kind of special episode of Space Time Talko. If you're listening to this, one of us is dead. Please inform on our next episode. None of us are dead! (laughs) We're just unavailable to record a podcast! I'm dead. On the inside. Well, (laughs) yeah, that's true. If you're listening to this, this message will self-destruct in (laughs) 10, 9, 8... I'm not going to do the (laughs) (laughs) This episode is still not brought to you by Dr. Pepper... Or, or maybe, depending on how far into the future, brought to you by Dr. Pepper. One can dream. It would be fantastic. Dude, it would be amazing. So, it's a special edition of Space Time Taco with Dave. Oh shit, I forgot. God damn it! Chris. And Nate. And Dave again. Fucking gotcha. Mm. Gotcha. Gotcha. Captator? This episode, we're just, instead of, obviously, this is a supplemental... Is that what they call it? Sure. Yeah. Interim. Bonus. 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 Interim. Yeah. I mean, it's still going to have a real number to Bonus it. Bonus is a better PR word. I like supplemental. Supplemental, supplemental is probably not a word. You get suspended. Supplemental is a word. You get suspended for supplemental in the NFL. That's a like legit that word. word. You get suspended for supplements. Yeah, taking them. Hold on. Not supplemental. <laughs> no one writes down a piece of paper, player X was suspended for supplemental. <laughs> yes, they were. <laughs> because that sentence doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Supplemental definition. Are okay. we really going to start off with defining something? Add it to something else to make it complete. So okay. if we this weekend or this yeah this week this we're make it complete. If this, if this is airing, it's because we couldn't record a regular podcast. So it's a special, as far as I'm concerned. So we're going to talk about our top five games. Yeah, no, no specific relevant topic, nothing that we've streamed this week, but top five games, all-time games for the three of us. So, fun way to do this. Round round robin. We're going to do it round robin. I was just thinking Start with your number five, literally, go from the bottom to the top. Yeah, but we don't have have any particular order. order. Is yours in a specific order? Mine is a particular order. I thought it would be a particular order. Specifical order. I will say... I want to know your top five, but put them in specific order. Dave and I can start on one. I was going to say, Dave and I can start at the same time on one because we both share it. Okay. Okay. Uh, Go. And wait, we'll, hold on. <laughs> I'm not finished my drink yet. Wait, we can stop. We're I'll not going to wait until you've done your beer to stream or podcast or whatever we're out. doing. I'm going to leave that. Cut that out. I'm going to leave that. <laughs> All right, let's go. Go. Dave what? and I both on our top five. Fallout 3. Yeah. Fallout 3 is one of the best RPGs of all time. I have over 400 hours invested on two characters. I was going to say, it's so good that when they announced Fallout 4, people just were hoping that it was Fallout 3 again. Again. Yes. Yeah, they would have been happy with the remaster. Fallout 3. Yeah. <laughs> what they got was a much better thing than a remaster. But well, Fallout 3, and the reason why, good. versus other RPGs, versus other great you know games in that genre, is because Fallout 3, to me is one of the few games where morality has an effect on the decisions that you make in the game. In my decisions, we, there, there are good and murder bad, everybody. <laughs> there are red pill and blue pill choices for a majority of the quests, for a majority of the missions. Like, for example, Megaton. One of the key choices in the game is blowing up Megaton or defusing the bomb. Something I didn't find out until after my first playthrough. Uh, Tenpenny Tower... Uh, eliminating the ghouls or letting the <laughs> no, ghouls in. No, I killed in. everybody in the town without blowing anything up. 
so effectively. <laughs> there were two people left in the town: the, the daughter, sheriff? the daughter, and the sheriff's son. Because <laughs> you couldn't kill them because they were children. Yeah. <laughs> Fallout Three, to me, stands out from Xbox 360 as the best RPG of that generation. Okay, so I got a question for you both then. Fallout 3 versus Fallout 4. Why pick 3 over 4? Crafting was not necessary. Civilization building was not necessary. Settlements definitely knock Fallout 4 down a notch. It's not necessary in 4. Percy Jackson, whatever the fuck his name is. Yeah, another settlement needs your help in the Olympians. There are annoying characters in Fallout 4. The number one reason that would get Fallout 4 for me above Fallout 3 is if this Nuka World DLC is crazy. No, is Nick Valentine. I don't think I've ever enjoyed a character, a character yes, as my companion. Like as a character. Well, well, and that's the thing. It's the character. I know mm-hmm. we're talking about not Fallout 3, but yeah. in Fallout New Vegas, my the two best companions, in my opinion, were Edie and uh, Boone. Boone mm-hmm. was the best. Because Edie extended vision yeah. so you could see more. And, and Boone, Boone shot shit from far away. Oh, my God. I'd be middle of walking through the wilderness. Boone, Boone was the like you spent Boone's too much time Brad, in Call of Duty. Brad scored. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Yes. You'd be walking down and enemy pop up on your radar and before you can even turn that direction, Boone has already killed it. Red score. <laughs> but I didn't care about them as characters. Nick yes. Valentine, on the other hand, cared about his character. Okay. He quoted fucking Edgar Allan Poe, which yeah. I'm like, alright buddy, you're my friend. Yeah. I He's the only person I did the loyalty okay. quest. So, so see, that wouldn't why. do it for me because I never play. I didn't play either game, any of the Fallout games, with a companion. I didn't really? solo. I never played until Fallout Four came out, and essentially you're given given a companion. I picked the dog. You know, why I picked the dog because he doesn't fucking comment on anything I do. Yep, he dog is completely like that. indifferent <laughs> and that's, to anything that that's I do. That's why Fallout Three. I'm tired it? of walking around Nick the companion. Valentine cared too much. Yes, I'm tired of walking around the companion. And I pick up a tin can. And they're like, "You don't need that garbage." I'm like, "You know what? I don't need." Fast travel back to the settlement. Guess what? That garbage is now your fucking house. How do you feel? Oh, that's neat. <laughs> Fallout 3, though, that stands out to me. Just, it came out at a time when there wasn't anything else like it to the level of detail with crafting, with storytelling. Even Fallout itself wasn't like that. Yeah, the original yeah. was point-and-click games, no. Yeah. Fallout 3 was genre-defining. It was, mm-hmm. you know, it was a league of its own for a very long time. Yeah. It's also the first major, I guess you can call it a major RPG that actually mm-hmm. I sunk time into. Yeah. I mean, they took they took all the elements of the original Fallout games and blended them with the first person kind of deal. They blended it basically with the same engine that Oblivion was based on. Yeah, and which I hated. Yeah. Well, that's because the fantasy versus the post-apocalyptic. Yeah, yeah. I would much it's rather a, be able to shoot lasers than yeah. It's different than the magic, not so much as genre. The humor too, like the the storytelling in Fallout. Mm-hmm. A lot of it is self-discovery, yeah. where you have to come across it yourself. They don't, they don't lay it of, out in front they of you. Don't, uh, they don't tell you, like, And a lot of interlacing, interlacing side quests, references, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I enjoyed it, it's just not on my list. <laughs> it's still a game that, it now, especially since since it's backwards compatible, yeah. I will still go back and play it oh, yeah. once in a while. I think I did write the, I did write an article about it, Fallout 3, kind of, Fallout 4 not yeah, being able to about exist four and without three. Fallout yeah. 3, and the games before and New that. Vegas. Yeah. Alright, um, Nate, let's keep the one on your list. Alright, let me open my list up because my phone auto locks. Why would um, you not keep it on paper like me? Because paper is for scrubs. Um, but <laughs> Scrubs is the kind of guy that gets uh, no love from me. Well, since we're talking about Fallout 3, the game that's built on the same engine, I have Elder Scrolls 4 Oblivion on my list. 
And I saw that coming. Yeah, I'm sure you did from like a mile away. But um, <laughs> the reason I pick Oblivion now, everyone knows Skyrim. Air to the knee. I hated, I hated working. You know, where I worked, whatever. I can say it now. I don't work there anymore. Yeah, we, we've talked about that. But, uh, yeah, I just hated people coming in and asking, when's Skyrim 2 coming out? And it's like, it's not going to be Skyrim 2. It's going to be Elder Scrolls 6. It's gonna no, be it's going to be an HD version of fucking <laughs> yeah, Skyrim. It's going to be an HD version of Skyrim. For the full goddamn price. But, um, no, Oblivion and... Well, Oblivion makes it for me because of the differences it has from Skyrim in the first place. Oblivion feels much more like a classic RPG. You start out with a class to choose from. You can actually go in and build your own class if you want to and give it a name and everything like that in the game. But it gives you direction to start with rather than this open-ended character where it's like, I get the idea of the more you use a skill, the better you are at it. Oblivion already had that in there to begin with. Mm-hmm. But you weren't. You didn't start out as a person who could just become good at everything. You, If you picked a certain class, it gave you bonuses to certain stats. So mm-hmm. you were naturally better at those. You can still grind any stat you want into the game, but it took you much longer if you start out with a 5 rather than a 20. So, that made it interesting. Also, just, you do come across some crazy characters in Oblivion. Um, This one guy who, if you fight in the arena, he's this little weird elf guy. He wants to be, like, your loyal fan, and if you pick the right dialogue options, you can literally get him to follow you around the game forever. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yes. So Um, you like companions in that game, but not at all. Well, I also enjoyed... The narrative that is told through the environment in Oblivion. So, when you're walking around Cyrodiil, you come across what are called alien ruins, and aliens are ancient elves. And it's much like the way they do the ancient dwarves who no longer exist in Skyrim. When you go into the ruins and you find mechanical stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, I love those things. But um, the alien ruins, you find a lot of stuff in there that tell story. It was just a fun game to play. It was one of the games I played when I was younger, and it was new. And it was just a refreshing experience to play something that was first person but had like sword combat and spells and you could just do what you wanted to do and go where you wanted to go and you just discover things about the world as you went. I remember sinking... I remember playing that game for an entire year without completing the main quest line because I was doing side stuff. So that was fun. Chris, next game. Why me? Because... Mass Effect. Okay, Okay, Dave, next game. (laughs) Mass Effect, um, for me... Again, RPG, the first Mass Effect. Mass Effect as a whole was great. But the first Mass Effect was a true RPG. Note to self, don't drink in podcast. <laughs> uh, was a true RPG in the fact that uh, your gear was upgradable. Uh, you didn't have waist-high cover like every Gears of War game. Not that, not not that those were improvements. There. No, <laughs> there was snap cover. You could oh, okay. back up to a wall and stick your booty to it. That was about it. And you needed to do that if you were playing on Insane, so I did it a lot. My booty was all over the wall. <laughs> but uh, the first Mass Effect definitely resonated with me. I played it four or five times with each squad member as a loyalty, uh, successful loyalty uh, mission. Uh, completed all the loyalty missions for every side character. The, um, the way you get through the game is up to you. You can start on whatever planet you want to. There's three or four different options. But... Uh, you know, you start on, on uh, Eden Prime, you mm-hmm. work your way through to the Pharos, Novaria. Pharos? That's the thing that Josh is going to be there <laughs> Pharos, Novaria, um, there's a handful of planets, half a dozen or so, and each one is hours of gameplay. It's not like you fire a probe, you scan, you find your resources, and you leave, although that is part of 
scanning him in the Mako. The Mako was a big part in Mass Effect 1. Nate, you can't not love the Mako, right? I did love the Mako, that little awkward, springy, spongy suspension skateboard you drove around, you drove around planets. That skateboard of Omnigel. <laughs> oh, God. I spent more time, I spent more time, I think, upside down than right side up. <laughs> See, I was never Mako, a big Mako was fan a, was of the first game. My favorite part of the first game was the Mako, actually. <laughs> Which is funny, because a lot of people hated it. But then they replace it in two with what? Just scanning planets? Well, the thing about Mass Effect 1 is the story is in its infancy, and the thing that, that puts Mass Effect, especially as a sci fi game, uh, miles ahead of any other sci fi game, is they set up this very deep backstory. Mm-hmm. And for a majority of players that just complete the game, they're not going to get and see all of it. But if you go to the Citadel, there are two or three dozen NPCs. Every time you go, that will give you a new codex entry, a new journal entry, new backstory. You find out about the way species got discovered, the way species met, mm-hmm. like the way that species communicate. Like there's one of them that communicates only through like uh, through hums and clicks. Yeah. The uh, I forget the name. And the weird looking for the yeah. the Hanar. Hanar. Um, Hanar. Before they were given the tel- gift of speech. Yeah, they communicated like telepathically. Yeah. Yeah, they communicate telepathically, and they they were taught to speak by what they call the Enkindlers, which are really the the Prothean guys. But uh, the the backstory is rich. They set up, and the reason why I think I love those games so much, is they set up this rich universe, which allows them to tell a very deep and connected story. There's plenty of lore in Mass Effect. You can go on for, you can write fucking books for days about that, and they have. Also, (laughs) the the Reapers were a mystery in the first game. You didn't really understand them. Um, until you saw the the first so Reaper ship one at the very you're end, like, what the fuck? and you're like, holy shit, yeah. So the the Reapers as an enemy, I think they weren't as intimidating as they were in the first game. In the first game, it was like mm-hmm. this ominous threat, yeah. and then they show up at the end. Well, that's and the it problem takes, is in the first it game. It takes the entire galaxy to stop the it, Reaper from in the first game. You realize that a Reaper is a dangerous thing yeah. because at the end of the game, like you know, Sovereign, the Reaper you meet in the game. Flies through, destroys pretty much the entire Citadel fleet, mm-hmm. wrecks people left and right, starts taking over the Citadel, does crazy shit like that. But then you kill him anyway. So you learn that a Reaper is a killable thing. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. It, when you kill the first one, it's like oh, and it's like once you, you learn that like, you, oh, these are terrifying. The is, it's but like killable. Even God, it's like for example, be. playing playing like a Legend of Zelda game yeah. is like Ganon. Ganondorf is supposed to be like this this scary dude, all right? He's supposed to be pretty much all powerful. But then you go to fight him, and what happens? He's like every other fucking boss fight you did. That's the thing. We we kind of have gotten to the point that no matter how big an enemy is, you're going to yeah. kill them. In if, the second Mass Effect, you fight more Reapers as a Terminator, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, we need to get a game coming out where it's like, you think you're going to be able to beat everything. And then the bad guys win at the end. Oh, yeah. man. There needs to That's be something where, idea. where you need to be taught that, you know, not every enemy you come across is killable. And the only genre that does that well really is survival horror, but that's just because they make an enemy unkillable on purpose. It's yeah. really just a runaway scene. That's like, like seven mm. days to die. Yeah. On the seventh day, they send a giant-ass horde of zombies at you. Yeah. You could build it. You can survive yeah. fine, but if you didn't prepare for that, you're screwed. Yeah. But yeah, that Mass Effect, the original Mass Effect... And the fact that you're like you're representing the Earth as a species, you're representing humans. Mm-hmm. You get uh, promoted to be space cop, which is Spectre. Yeah. You get promoted to be the first human space cop, um, and you're representing humanity basically, which mm-hmm. is pretty cool. You interact with alien species. The uh, get the fuck alien species. Yeah, some of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, some mm-hmm. Krogan. No, <laughs> Ashley. Woo. 
Krogan's had four testicles. <laughs> Fun fact. Fun fact. <laughs> Why do you know that? <laughs> Let's just say I play a little too much Mass Effect. Let's just say Nate gets down with Krogan. Rule 34. <laughs> no. I play too much Mass Effect. They do mention this several times that Krogan males have four balls. Is that really something they still they can't up? reproduce yes. because of the genophage. Because of the genophage. <laughs> um. But yeah, Mass Effect. If I could go back and play Mass Effect for the first time. Oh man. I love that, it. That's the game I you do love Mass Effect. I'd hold a special yeah, place yeah, in my Mass Effect would be. Yeah. Um, Chris. Chris. I don't know to go with. Uh, so to be honest, Fallout Three was the only game really that was super in depth when it comes to story. Okay. Because mm-hmm. for me, games are not always about story. It's experience, experiences. Um, the closest to having a story on my list, since everybody seems to be heavy on that, uh, is Shadow of the Shadow of the Colossus. PS Two. PS2 eventually re the HD mm-hmm. collection with Ico on uh, PlayStation PS3 3. And, yeah. and it's coming to PS4 too. Is it? If it hasn't already, yeah. Dude, it's, if it is, I'm definitely going so to PS4. Why Shadow Colossus? I have replayed that game. Because he met it at a very strange time in his I life. I did. It did things to me That's that no one had ever done That's before. That's a flight <laughs> Um. <laughs> Hey, Kim, I hope you're listening. (laughs) (laughs) Until Kim. Um, (laughs) Nice save. It's it's one of those games that I... I mean, back then, I would play a game to the point that I got bored with it, and then I went on to something else. I am not a person that finishes games. Yeah. Which is why a majority of the the games on my list are not finishable games. the same thing to most games other than Final Fantasy. (laughs) Yeah, give up. (laughs) Uh, But I, I have beat... Shadow Colossus, I don't know how many times I have. What? No. I um, have watched my brother play. Mm-hmm. We both have tried to gain, get our strength up so we could climb up to the top of the hit, the, the the main tower in the yeah. center of the world to mm-hmm. visit the grave of Ico. Mm-hmm. I don't care what anybody says; it's canon. It works. <laughs> um, it was just something. Even thinking of it back then, obviously, it's, it doesn't hold up. Visually, yeah, but back well, then climbing these giant yeah. creatures and taking I mean, them down with just a sword yeah, was fucking yeah. awesome. Exactly, and you say that it doesn't hold up visually, and for me, there was a but that's a style. Yeah. Really? Well, there, yeah, but there was a defining point in that when, say, a game like Payday, Payday Two is probably one of the best examples of this. Is a game that does not have stellar graphics for the generation that it's on, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's actually got pretty crappy graphics when you take a technical look at it. I mean, that's even Fallout 4. Right what makes point. a game look good, not necessarily is, okay, everyone talks about 1080p, 4K resolution, 60, 60 frames. frames a second, so on and so forth. What makes a game look good is art direction. Not... Style. You know, all yeah. the fancy technical terms Sometimes you put the on the style graphics. is more important. Not bloom. Not dynamic well, that's why lighting. you look at... <laughs> I was yeah. you look at yeah. that game. You but look at Shadow Colossus. I look at Shadow Colossus. Yeah. Let's see. Shadow I don't Colossus. Know, but I look at Shadow Colossus. And I still think it's a very beautiful looking game. Like it is a generally good looking game. Oh no, I completely agree with I'm that. I'm guessing 2003. Now I played Shadow of Colossus on PS2 way way late. Um, this was long after PS3 had come out. I played it. Yeah, but, um, 2005. It's that. 11 years after, and now we're finally getting I a think, sequel. Or sorry, yeah, on the point you made before, I think about story is. People talk about story as if it's specifically just exposition, 
or dialogue between characters. Like, it's having yeah. something literally explain to you in words. What the I, most what dialogue Ico, in that game is you yelling at your horse yeah. over and over again. Well, what Ico dialogue and Shadow played, Colossus played have is they have a narrative well. that isn't conveyed through exposition. You aren't told things, you're shown things. You're also not even sure if you're doing the right yeah. thing. And that's the thing about Shadow Colossus, is it baits you into this idea of you're doing the right thing, hmm. but really, what are you doing? You're being told Every to go kill, kill monsters that you don't even know why creature. they're there. And you the monster, here's the great consumed thing. consumed by said creature. Yeah. And here's the great thing, is what kind of clues you into this is they don't bother you until you bother them. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> There's a couple of them that come after you pretty hard without you doing shit to them. Okay, there's a couple of them that are dicks. But there's like I the, mean, the, the last lion one, one fires fucking fireballs. Now, see, that <laughs> one I know. See, I, I've heard people use that one as the... Yeah. It, they're attacking you first. That's the final one. That one, at that point, probably knows, knows all, all of the his other, other friends, dead. his family or whatever they are, however yeah. they're connected, they're are killed gone. by you. Yeah. You are, he is literally the last stronghold. Yeah. It's a living fucking castle is what that last boss is. Yeah. Um, but it is... there. I don't think I've played a game that the size of the enemy was just that... Massive. Yeah. yeah. yeah like, it's, even it's in... There are now... We've got games like Scalebound and the new Final Fantasy and all that where there's you some see dark, there giant... Some dark Souls bosses. Giant pretty huge. creatures. Yeah. But they're usually just Back hit him a lot, jump out of the way, hit him a lot, jump out of the Background, way. Yeah. This is literally how do I, I get think, up to that shiny, glowy death yeah. point? And I think that's a great thing that Shadow, that drew a lot of people gameplay wise. Shadow Colossus was a combination of puzzle plus enemy. It was finding oh, yeah, out you get puzzle game yeah. and you kind of win. Well, it, it was over for finding a out how to, you know, by beating the boss, you had to find out what's the best way for me to climb up this creature over and over and over again. <laughs> Or get yeah. really lucky with jumps. Yeah, or get really lucky with jumps, exactly. <laughs> but, um, no, I can see why you picked Agro. Shadow Colossus. Um, is it my turn? I think. Does Chris have anything else to say about Shadow? Yeah, it is your turn, Nate. I want it back. I want it back. I, I, yeah. I, if it really does come to PlayStation 4, I think it is. That is another reason for me to get PlayStation 4. Yeah. Okay. Um, or play my already existing, since this may be in the future. I'm going to pick something that was kind of my first long-term stream for the site, and that was Life is Strange. Um, Talked about it a little bit before. I did talk about it a little bit before. Wait, the reason that I'm picking it, though, is because Life is Strange is it is a point-and-click adventure game. It's not going to be the most entertaining game in the world from a gameplay perspective, but the narrative overall has emotional impact, and that is something that is lacking in a lot of games, even still, is the ability to not simply just again, talk to you about stuff, but show you things, and to have those things mean something to you because you've invested time in the characters that you're that you're in. I mean, you as a character in this game spend your entire time playing this game trying to save people and make the best possible outcome you can. Yeah. And you find out that it's just impossible to do. You can't save everybody. And so the ending of the game makes you choose... Literally between a selfish choice and a selfless choice. Mm -hmm. Do you save the best person slash the best friend slash love interest that you have, you know, for your selfish reasons, or do you give her up and to save everyone to save everybody else? Because the fact that you've taken her out has made more or less fate angry at you and decided that you don't get to do this kind of thing. Um, you don't get to be happy. Yeah. So the. I mean, there were just so many. If you watch, if you watch any part of that stream, you know 
all the times that I just literally was like, I'm about to turn off this fucking game because it's too much. Um, but if you haven't played it, I mean, I recommend playing it. It is a little bit of a, I guess you call it a hipster game. It's artsy. <laughs> it's it's cute. Most of the music is fucking folk music throughout the game. Um, but it is a it's a good game. I mean, if you want a good story, if even if you like watching a good TV series that has drama in it, it's kind of like that. This it's is what life is strange. Interactive is. story. Yes, it's an interactive story. I don't think I've ever actually had a game that I was super emotionally like Attached involved. To. Well, in there's with. there's a term in the games industry, and we've kind of danced around it, but I'll bring it up, and it's called resonance. And when developers come up with games, they want to know how they resonate with players. They want you to be like thinking about the game after you've beaten it and you're like outside cutting the grass at like you know two in the afternoon and you've stayed up all night to beat Life is Strange they want you still thinking about it they want you still talking about it they want you to be you know enthralled mm-hmm. in not only the game but the story the, the gameplay the, the universe you know like with Mass yeah. Effect so certain games resonate with certain people so the games that are in our top five obviously resonate with us for different reasons but Life is Strange is one of those games, like he said, that resonated with him. That he yeah. like <laughs> had a hard time struggling to get through because of the issues and the things that it brought yeah. up. Yeah. And th- I mean, there was a moment like resonance. that. There's a moment like that in the Walking Dead Telltale series, which is a very similar style game. Where, I mean, if you haven't played it by now, whatever. I'm done spoil- doing a spoiler alert for People this game. It. You should have played it by now. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of moments that resonate. Um, but the one big moment in the first season was is you're riding in the RV after they find that, and you're driving away. And Lee falls asleep. He has a nightmare that Clementine has turned into a zombie and is trying to attack him. And at that point, I was actually playing this at your house in the middle of the night. And had turned it off. My girlfriend was there, and I literally got up and started walking away. And I'm like, No, no, I'm fucking done. You cannot do this. Like, I'm literally just shouting this. And you're passed out of sleep, so you can't hear me. But she's like, What's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? I'm like, This fucking game is not allowed to do this shit to me. <laughs> she's like, It's just a game. I'm like, This is not a fucking game. This is not a game. <laughs> so, resonance, I think that has a lot to do with why we picked yes. those If you're listening to this podcast and you're enjoying it, which you probably are if you've gotten this far, you should go to patreon.com and search for Space Time Taco. It's just patreon.com slash Space Time Taco. Do that. And donate a, a monthly it's, it's, patronage. Become a patron. Become yeah. a patron to Space Time Taco. So do we want to go reverse round robin and let Chris go now? Or do you want me to go again? I mean, we both took the same one on our first, so. Yeah. It's up to you. All right, I'll go. Okay. I'm going to go back to my old PC favorite. And again, these are in no particular order. Can I guess? World of Warcraft. You can guess, but it's not World of Warcraft. Counter-Strike? Close. Team Fortress 2. Half-Life 2. Oh, I knew it was a 2, because they Warcraft didn't do 3s. It didn't make my top 5. No, it didn't make oh, my well, top I don't five. think it should make anybody's top anything. <laughs> it's It'd make my top 5 MMOs list. Yeah, because there's only like two good ones. Damn. Well, City Heroes was really good. But getting to Half-Life 2. Half-Life 2, you met me at a very strange time in my life, Half-Life 2, where Gordon Freeman was just this... This scientist, Gordon Freeman was just this scientist, this up-and-coming scientist working at Black Mesa. He happens to get started on That's the, number one. the worst day. I'm talking in retrospect. Okay. In the worst day, the worst day possible, they have a resonance cascade, all hell's unleashed, and you save the day. 
as Gordon Freeman. You say they have a resonance cascade, like everybody knows what that is. It's a resonance cascade. It's just one of those common events, resonance cascade. It's an event that causes worlds to collapse upon each other. And merge, sending aliens to our world and people to the alien world. Yeah. And the people who go to the alien world do not have such a great time. (laughs) They do not have such a great time. Nah, they had a great time. Well, Half-Life 2 is the continuation of that, that first titular game with the Source engine. And the Source engine was debuted via Half-Life 2. So pretty. Such a great experience. Mm -hmm. Especially on on my nice gaming PC, which at the time was balling on another level. Um, But Half-Life 2... Like 20 years ago. (laughs) It came out like 10 or 12 years ago. But uh, Half-Life 2... And what Half-Life 2 created, what Valve was able to do afterwards. Yeah. The story, though, the narrative, getting to Ravenholm. Making two-thirds of a really good game. The yes. Everything but the airship <laughs> levels, basically, were that great. That was the weird thing about Half-Life 2, is I remember playing it on your PC, and then I, now I remember how disjointed the game was. Yeah. Because it's like, alright, you play through, like, revolution, dystopia, oppression, you're you know, you're city. fighting against the power, yep. and then it's like, zombies all of a sudden, yeah. and then countryside, then the aliens, and then you're in the, the water, back to oppression. The yeah, yes. and then you're in Louisiana. Yes, and then it's back to oppression where you're fighting the man again and it's like Oppression why did I go all that other shit to do the one thing in the one city that I started out with oh yeah like, don't forget the uh, sand creatures too. yeah the sand creatures too like, antlines what antlines, antlines. Yeah, yeah. you killed so many mo- I'm just I'll put it this way Gordon Freeman literally exterminated every antline on the planet at that point <laughs> but Half-Life like, 2 um, was probably probably the best PC game I think I've ever played really I think so. Yes. It is fantastic, and I really wish that we would get a new one. But, like we've said multiple times... Valve can't count to three. Nope. No. And the the thing is, is people have been waiting for... It's kind of just become a meme now, but people are really waiting for a third one after the second one ended because everyone knew the second one ended on a cliffhanger. Well, and then they decide to do episodic, an episodic thing. An yeah. episodic continuation. Yeah, and then the which they also on stopped on the second one. Yeah. As which, a main character is... Bleh, yeah. God damn. You so, know what? Maybe that. I think I cried when he died. I was definitely feeling some kind of way. Yeah. It's just. I don't think I. It was because I wasn't expecting it. Yeah. It really was. It was jarred. You felt like these characters were safe. These mm-hmm. characters had fucking made it out of Black Mesa. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. It was know, jarring. It's, it's definitely a little jarring. God damn. Yeah, um, Half Life 2 for me is up there. That's definitely that's my top five. Alright, on to Chris. Yay! Now there's no more emotion left at all in my list. <laughs> we'll see. So I'm going to go with Mario Kart Double Dash. Oh man, all the feels. Right in all the feels. The feels. Man, all the I feels. feel so every time I got hit by a blue shell. Fucking <laughs> blue shell? I remember my brother getting that game for his GameCube and then I kind of bogarted that and just played the shit out of it. <laughs> see, I... I like the Mario Kart games. The most recent one, the Mario Kart 8, fantastic. They have some really cool characters in there. Really yeah. cool maps, all that. Some rehashed of really good maps. Frame but road. being able to play <laughs> with two different characters and have them yeah. swap around and carry two different two items ups. at a time. Yeah. And to be strategy. able to play with my brother, not together, but versus each other, <laughs> was are some of the best memories. But this is before people started Split yelling, screen, fuck you and at I each fucked other. your mother. Yeah. Yeah, no online yeah. play. Double Dash was fun because that Back be, the having two people in a cart changed the dynamic. Not only that, I 
I don't know if it was the best combination, mm-hmm. but I don't think I had ever been beaten when I was... Oh, who was... Oh, fuck. I can't even remember who I was. Diddy Kong and Baby Bowser. Oh. Everybody. See, my combination was lame, but I was still very good with it, and that was Baby Mario and Baby Luigi. And did you use the baby cart? I did use the baby Mario cart, and I wrecked shop with the baby Mario cart in that okay. team. <laughs> Which one was the one that neutralized the abilities? Was that Peach? I don't remember. I, don't think, I so. think it was Peach and somebody else was my combo. It's been so long. I wish that they would... Haiku about Mario There's Kart. Nintendo's one of uh, those you companies. you kidding me? They put out all of these <laughs> other games. Through that blue shell? <laughs> I will fuck you up. <laughs> Nintendo re-releases everything else Absolutely. except for like the two main franchises people want and that's yeah. probably well you know three maybe Mario Party Mario Kart and Super Smash Brothers yeah you only get that generations of that the only I think yeah. the only Mario Kart that you can play is the original Mario Kart mm. but yeah it's okay. just fun fun racing game it's the only racing games I ever give a shit about what about uh, Crash Team Racing Again, only racing game I ever give a shit about are mm-hmm. Mario Kart. Gotcha. Nate, what about you? Okay, so this harkens back to an article I read a long, long time ago for the site. It was the first and only a look back because I've planned other ones that just haven't finished them. Um, Chrome Hounds. It's a game about metal ha- metal no. dogs? It's no. like Armored Core, but... It's not. like Armored Core. This, this one that a has game. a giant controller that you spend no, no, that was Front Mission. Front Mission Evolved. Yeah, oh. which is, if you buy the controller, God bless your soul, I hope you're happy with it. I never was. <laughs> um, but Chrome Hounds was fun because of the multiplayer. The way the multiplayer worked is the it was consistent online multiplayer. So whether you were playing the game or not, stuff was happening to the overall map. The map had three countries on it. When you played the game, you joined a country, and within the country, you could join a clan. So I was part of a clan in the, I guess you call it Russian country of the game. So we had, like, heavy armor, big-ass cannons, lots and lots of firepower, not a whole lot of awareness, though. So our job was to run up, blow your face off, <laughs> be done with you. <laughs> um, I don't know where you are, but I'm shooting it, in we your did direction. It well. <laughs> we did it well. Um... Other countries, they had stuff like what the was Middle on? Eastern... This was on 360. Okay. Um, they had the Middle Eastern country, which had, like, very fast, like, attack mechs. They had things like machine guns. They had spikes that you could put on the side of them to just run up close and hit a mech with heavy damage. You had hovercraft for their chassis, which were super fast, but lightly armored. And then you sort of had, like, the American and Western nations, which were kind of middle ground between the two. Um, and the way that it worked is you earned teams for... You earned points for your countries. Mm-hmm. by defeating other stuff. You're in territories. So as you took over more and more territory for your country, eventually if you took it all over, the multiplayer would end right there. It usually went on for a month at a time. But if, uh, if a nation managed to control the whole world, multiplayer ended right there, it refreshed, you got bonus stuff for taking over the whole fucking world. Mm-hmm. Um, for conquesting. Yes. There was one dynamic event in it that was absolutely insane, though. And it was this big mech that belonged to no country. It looked like a giant dragon, basically. Had a shit ton of guns all over it. Could shoot you from across the map like without a world, even seeing Like you. a world boss. Yes, it was a world boss. Exactly. And the way that it worked is you had to stack damage onto it. Like Mortal Kombat has these bosses. Like everybody that you has to, stack to join together. Yeah, so Kinda you like would do damage to no, it. What is uh, the war games? What's the battle type in Halo? War. Warzone. Warzone, yeah. Where but, like the, the yeah. big boss guys yeah. pop up. 
But the way that it works is, is like, so nobody is going to kill this thing in one round, right? It's just too powerful, it's going to wreck you. Mm-hmm. So you would stack damage onto it. And the way that it worked is, whichever team did the most damage to it got bonuses. Whichever team did the killing blow also got bonuses. So it was a very interesting thing to do because it was just an impossible to beat challenge. You weren't going to beat it in one round. Um, and I just love the game for the multiplayer. It was one of the, I met one of the best communities I ever met won that game because everyone was willing to work together um and i just love met games because imagine you have a character right in a game but you can literally do anything you want to that character i don't mean fallout style where you make goofy faces and shit like that that's not everything changing (laughs) the abilities of your character by just changing the looks of them as well slapping a new gun on slapping new legs on Slapping a new head on things new like that. Legs. You just My legs yes. don't work. <laughs> you just put new stuff on it, and that literally embodies what your role is in the game. Okay. And that's why mech games are awesome. Where it's like a MOBA, you pick a character, and you're kind of stuck to what that character's role is. But if you play a mech game, a you build game. your role. So that's what makes it fun. And I understand that mech games are niche now. The only real one that's played anymore is Hawken, which is was released on Xbox One, which is fun. Is but it good? I haven't touched it. It's Mostly good because, because imagine the things like the things that you expect in a typical first person shooter mixed with a mech game. That's what you get at a Hawken. You can still build so your mech and things like diva. that. Well, no, you can still build your mech and things like that. But I mean, the way you build your mech still largely defines how you're going to play the game. Yeah. However, it's much more fast paced, run and gun style gun- gameplay. Okay. Um, and it's fun. I mean, even with the basic mech you start with, you get a little assault rifle and a rocket launcher, and you're good to go. I've got racked up kills left and right just with those weapons. And it's a free game, so that's It is a free fun. game. Most Does it feel free, like bad free-to-play, or... I can't... Well, actually, yes. Because I loaded up the menu, and immediately you're prompted with a, this is our featured mech. Do you wanna buy this? Yeah, this yeah. is our featured mech, do you wanna buy this? Which annoys me, too, because I play another game, Warframe, which I played, put a decent amount of time into. Not as much time as I would say one of my friends has, mm-hmm. but I've spent no money on that game. I've still gotten a decent amount of stuff out of it, but the game begs you so much to spend oh, yeah. real money on it. Well, that's the same with uh, Xbox that put out Happy Wars and they're yeah. doing Happy Dungeon now. Both mm-hmm. of them are very, you can spend this money on this game and you can get things easier and quicker. And I'm like, that's cool, yeah. but I like actually just playing it See, for free. Yeah, and I like playing Happy Wars. It's just I hate that the game begs me to spend money on it. Yeah. Um, even World of Tanks isn't that bad. <laughs> Chrome Hounds was definitely a good pick. Yes. Um, Chrome Hounds, mech game. I'm going to go to another multiplayer game. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Call of Duty 4. The original Call of Duty. Call of Duty Modern Warfare this, 1. Okay. Modern a good Warfare one that 1. is sadly not getting re-released on its own. Yes, it is. Oh, it's getting re-released, but not on its own. Yeah. yeah. COD 4, uh, which followed you know, the, the original... Crew uh, of Modern Warfare, which wound up Infinity Ward. Well, Infinity Ward, but the original Modern Warfare storyline, mm-hmm. um, it expanded into like soap. And is that the ghost? ghost? Yeah, and, that's the ghost. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Soap McTavish is is the main protagonist. <laughs> what kind of name is Soap? Ghost McBoo. <laughs> soap McTavish. And then Soap turns out to be a mohawk badass. <laughs> yeah, he does. But Soap, uh, Captain Price, uh, Captain Resnick, uh, all of these guys uh, make their first. Three sixty uh, console debut. Uh, Call of Duty Two did not happen. Call of Duty Three, I don't think had them. Either. Two was. Wait no, are we Red talking line? about? Call of Duty Four, Modern oh, yeah. Warfare okay. One. Okay, okay. The one where you start on a 
check your corner. Does that have it's the, the first one that's not World War Two? Does, right? does that have the No Russian Mission in it? Which yes. One was yeah. No Russian. No Russian was pretty controversial because it was shown in the teaser trailer. Yeah. Uh, as a bunch of terrorists infiltrating. Uh, yeah. Airport. airport. And this is the weird thing is people say they don't have story behind Modern Warfare. I remember the cutscenes visual like. I remember them as visual flashbacks. Actually, no Russian was Modern Warfare 2. Oh, oh Warfare that's right. Two. Okay. It, was, it was Terminal from Modern there Warfare 2. Call of Duty 4 could do in... Was there a no. skippable mission in 1? No, in 2. No. It was just the Oh, two. Modern okay. Warfare 1 had the nuke. The nuke going off, yes. Yeah. Uh, so you, okay. you're one, you play as different soldiers. You back and forth from different mm. points in the same battle. Yeah. You play as a British soldier, and then you play as an American soldier. British soldier, American soldier. Well, the Americans are doing their thing, trying to prevent a nuke from going off, and they fail. Nuke goes off, your plane, helicopter, crashes, jarringly. You yeah. crawl, basically, on, you know, the ground through barbed wire and devastation to get a look at this mushroom cloud and basically take your last breath. Yeah. And then that soldier is killed in action, KIA. Mm-hmm. Your character is dead. <laughs> yeah. So you play the rest of the game with soap, but... Then the British Special Forces and the U.S. Task Force join mm. together yeah. to create a, a special a Special Forces uh, task <laughs> they, to go after Super Special Forces to go after uh, the one armed. They perform Malkovich. What the hell's his name? Markov. Markov. I think. You get to play a really cool flashback mission where you shoot yeah. his arm off while sneaking through. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. while sneaking through Chernobyl. Because you're playing as Price in that I mission. I could have sworn and I the thing about Captain Price, Price is plays a young remembers Captain Price. him from Modern Warfare. You know where I remember Captain Price from? That big red one? Nope. Call of Duty one. Call the Duty very one. first Call of Duty, you actually rescue him from a chateau. I remember that. And he's got the same mustache and everything like that. So this nigga has survived centuries to fight in Modern Warfare. <laughs> <laughs> Modern Warfare <laughs> but then, is the one that ends mm-hmm. with the end that ends with you on a bridge. Yeah. Okay. Wait. And the price slides you a gun, mm-hmm. and then you shoot Markov, and then you play the Mile High Club mission. That's it. Okay. As a bonus. Yeah. To oh, show a you. Bonus. Yeah, it's a show. It's a bonus to show you that the squad's still together. Yeah. It's after the credits of the game. Roll, oh. Then the Mile I've High Club. I've never known starts. that. Yeah. Yeah. So the game ends kind of like with you like, oh shit, did that just happen? And mm-hmm. then there's a badass rap track by yeah. one of the soldiers. And then yeah. you do the Mile High Club. That's no, fine. It was a... Never knew that. The thing is, is, is I'm glad that you talked about the campaign, because Call of Duty 4 ruined COD Multiplayer for me for a long time. It ruined COD Multiplayer. It was we the start of, of COD Multiplayer as it we know it. It was the start of COD Multiplayer as we know it as being... Modern Warfare 2 ruined Multiplayer as for being me. Competitive. The first one was pure... Yes. As being competitive, as being new, as being fresh, and things like that. Seven yes, kills was. for a Harry. But it also thirteen kills yes. for an AC one thirty. But it also started this the super competitiveness that has become kind of multiplayer for a now, missile. where everyone, I mean, everyone knows that I get super pissed off if I don't do well at Call of Duty games, especially if it's consistently. If I just you know lose consistently, I get mad. I turn a fucking game off. I go away. You know, I I've fucking it. almost broken a controller over a goddamn COD game. <laughs> that's that's bad. Yeah. And so, it's because it, I feel like you can't have fun in COD multiplayer unless you're doing good. Like, nah. if you're just consistently dying over and over again, there's no fun to that. See, that's what's weird to me, because I can go super see, negative. Six and sixteen. Yeah. yeah. I enjoy. I can go zero see, and forty, I, I and I'd still have fun. That's probably a different perspective because I've tried to understand that perspective, and I just can't. I can't understand the perspective of 
I played a game and all I did was look at the fucking spawn timer the entire time. There, there are times <laughs> I especially yeah. I was gonna say especially with just watch uh, kill cams Xbox going, What the fuck was that? There are times I record my death because it's cool looking. Yeah. There's a shot I actually have a screenshot of me dead yeah. as Junkrat because of how I landed. I'm yeah. like, man, if I hadn't died just and then, be, I wouldn't have had that cool screenshot. There may be a little humor in that, but when I'm actually trying to help my team out and win a game, it's frustrating to sit there and be six and sixteen. Because even though I'm trying my hardest, I'm just fucking dying anyway. I don't know what that's like. We so did. I know you don't know what it's like. Fuck you. Not for Call of Duty 4. I, don't know I had a group go through Legendary on Halo about, 4. Yeah. And my friend Lou, he has a, his motto was, as long as somebody else died before he got killed. <laughs> as long as he took out one, he was happy with that respawn. But the uh, COD 4 kind of started this hyper-competitiveness that has become Call of Duty multiplayer now. And a lot of that has to do with the fact yeah. that they regurgitate it and spit it out yeah. every year. And for me, it was like, I played COD 1 Between and it was great because COD 1 event? made you feel... COD 1 was more actually akin to Battlefield than it was Call of Duty at the time. Yeah. Um, and COD 2 and COD... All the way up to World of War, pretty much. Um, all made me feel... And it's not just because they're World War 2 games, but they felt like they were just different from what Modern Warfare was. Uh, multiplayer-wise. And I'm not knocking the new games, because once Black Ops 2 came out, I was picking up multiplayer again, and I liked it. When, now that uh, Black Ops 3 is out, I love the Black Ops 3 multiplayer. I love it to death. Now, um, I think for me, multiplayer, at its peak, was me playing COD 4. And a lot of it has to do with the fact, too, that at the time, I was still in school. I was yeah. finishing high school at the time. So I remember playing it like across the summer vacation, and it was one of those games where I would get up and play for like eight hours, and then go to sleep. I'd get up the next day, play yeah. for like eight hours, <laughs> and it just kept my attention. I was while you were in school, consistently yeah. crapping on people, and it just couldn't hold my interest because I, I was bad at it. To be perfectly honest, I didn't do well. Yeah. I so, think the the that was the first game I think, I think that I bought a season yeah. pass for. I think for people like you who, who picked it up and were naturally doing decent at it to begin with, and only got better from that point, then yeah, it was great. For me, I picked it up, never got better at it, and I can honestly say I just wasn't old enough to understand, like, hey, learn from your fucking mistakes, idiot. I was doing the same shit over and over. Yeah. So, it's whatever. <laughs> and the segue from Nate's description of not being good, not get, let's get, get good. good. Yeah. Get good. Uh, on my list, I have Super Smash Brothers, specifically Smash 4 on Smash Wii U. 4. And not because you're good at it. No, well, I'm pretty good. You're pretty good. You're in my, group, best in my group of friends. In my you're, group of friends, I'm probably one of the best. Uh, I definitely do not know some of the techniques that the the people that go to competitive... My brother goes to competitive, and he's like, yeah, I don't, I don't know that yeah, shit. I don't know. Um, <laughs> and a lot of people would skip over or would just stay with Smash Bros. Melee, because that's still the number one... Mm-hmm. competitive version and all that but I love Smash 4 because it has every character I've ever enjoyed playing as brought back as either DLC with Mewtwo or just new with Little Mac mm-hmm. so much that my wife bought me a fucking Japanese Little Mac amiibo that still is not out of the box because I've refused to open it I'm gonna open it don't open it let's go open it right now it's gonna eventually open just it's from okay. heat just the temperature changing over and over again. The glue will eventually is it disappear. Yes, yeah, it is. it's on the shelf. Um, Good, now I know where it is. But it's just, it's Super Smash Brothers. even from the beginning, obviously, if you go back and play 64 now, it is the slowest thing in the world. 
it's like going back and playing Halo 1. Yeah. Hell, it's like going back and going to Halo 3 where you still can't sprint. Yeah. And Smash not sprinting is jarring, especially because all major games have sprinting. It's so bad. Mm-hmm. But Smash 4, I think, on a console that not everybody loves, in a, in a game that not everybody loves, even Fair. the competitive community took ye- almost years, I'd say, to get in. It took a little while. It, was, it were pe- it, were, it were people. It was people. It were people refusing to move on, especially after Brawl. Which well, the other thing too is Super Smash Brothers M, which is the the modded version yeah. of mm-hmm. Super Smash Brothers Melee. That that's what that was the tournament standard for a long time. Well, kind still of. is I think. And that's the thing about fighting game communities though is they'll go with whatever is considered the standard by the most people. So. It's getting to the point though. And there are a lot a lot I mean, of them are moving over to Smash. Fairness. If we want to talk about hyper competitive communities, let's be honest, the fighting game is probably the most competitive after MOBAs is people play fighting games now specifically to compete. I have never and that's why I don't. come across a person recently who was like, I played a fighting game because I enjoyed the mechanics of it. Yeah, no, yeah. you play a fighting game because you want to fucking win. Exactly. <laughs> no. And that's the thing. I've never been like that. There are nights where if we could play Super Smash Brothers or we'll play Mario Kart, I will win. A lot but of I games. don't play because I, I want to win. I play because it's fun playing the game. Yeah. There, it's fun to see all of your favorite video game characters from all the different Nintendo games in a single lineup beating the yeah. shit out of each other. But you don't play with these super competitive people who are always like, "I'm yeah. playing and practicing." That's what ruins it. Why? That I would never want to. Well, for me, it's it's impossible to avoid because that's what my friends play Smash for. That's what my friends play most games for now. You gotta get some better friends. Better friends. I have this logic that, and I mean, it kind of holds true. I'm not competitive, true, but uh, he's not competitive. In when Smash. when you play a game, any kind of multiplayer game, and this holds true, I think, for most games, is you can't get better unless you play people who are better than you. Now, part of that is you have to realize and understand there are going to be people with more free time, kids that you know, like me, playing Call of Duty Four, have nothing to do all summer, that are sitting there grinding and getting better and learning the sweet spots and finding out which guns work the best, and they're going to be doing that. No matter what, there's always going to be a subset of people of no lifers on every single game you play. Card game, sports game, shooter, Racing any game. multiplayer game is going to be competitive in some respect. There's no like neutral, non-competitive multiplayer game. It just doesn't exist. And that's why I played Junkrat in Overwatch. Mm. So to get to the highest level, you have to admit that there mm. are people out there that are better than you, and you just got to learn from your mistakes. Well, listen, I don't want to... I mean, I don't want to harp on it too much, but I don't mind competitiveness. I mind comp- I mind competitiveness when it becomes the focus of a game. Okay. When people when it stops being fun. Yeah, when it stops being fun, and people okay. say I'm playing this specifically because not because the game is fun, not because I like the game, but because I want to be better than that other asshole that I saw play this on Twitch or YouTube or whatever. That's like, like speedrunners. There are sp- yeah. a, a good portion of the speedrunning community. I they mean, don't play games normally anymore. Yeah, they only play to get If that's how you play faster. a game, and if that's how you're having fun with a game, then great. But yeah. you, you make a trade-off in that. purpose. Like, I make a trade-off where, no, I'm never going to be the best at Call of Duty. But I'm experiencing parts about the game that those people who want to be the best at Call of Duty are never going to experience. So, imagine, like, you pick up Call of Duty and all you play is multiplayer the entire time. Well, that's you like pay 60 bucks for half, you pay 60 bucks to play half the game. Nope, I only mm-hmm. got the multiplayer. Exactly. I That's wish, what you said. You still pay sixty dollars. I wish they would just sell the multiplayer. That'd yeah. be fantastic. Yeah. Alright. Save a lot of money. Nate after Smash, Nate, I think you're uh, up. yes, I'm up. So I've got I actually already know what it is. Why am I looking at my screen? You only got two left. Um, I got one left. 
Because we both went. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go ahead one. and go with uh, Resident Evil Four. Re Four, the best Resident Evil game. Well, people in the most released yeah. probably at this yeah, point. The point. most released definitely because they're doing it again. Yeah, it's <laughs> say it's already out on Xbox GameCube, One, Xbox One. Yeah. Like it's on everything. GameCube had the best. The reason they had the fucking enjoyed, controller. Yes, the reason that I enjoyed RE4 is if you played RE5 and RE6, RE4 is responsible for the mechanics. Hey, hey, whoa, whoa, present. don't blame RE4 for 5 and 6. No, I'm not blaming them for the bad. Great, actually. <laughs> I'm not blaming them for the bad, I'm blaming them for the good. Yeah. For the mechanics that are present, just the gameplay mechanics that are present in 5 and 6, RE4 is responsible for those mechanics. Yeah, they, they tried to make it a little more fine-tuned, and then yeah. it got better with 5, and then they got worse with 6. Yes. I'd say there's one thing the that thing I is, wish wasn't in it from 4, and that's the, you go for a headshot and it's a tentacle monster. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Only down Yeah. I mean, that was the kind of the surprise thing. So wh- just why you never RE4? Can rely Which is why I was okay with it once. Yeah. When they continued that, yeah. that's when I'm like, oh, Well, why RE4? RE4 is stuck, stuck close to Resident Evil's roots of being survival horror. Mm-hmm. Um, you didn't have a crazy amount of ammo infinite to run around mode. with and slaughter stuff with. Infinite health. You didn't have a crazy amount of health. You you had to actually play the game with some strategy when you were fighting stuff. You There were certain points in the game where you felt like there's just no way out of the situation. There's no possible way I could win. So you had to think on your feet and find out, okay, what am I going to do to get through this room or get the through this puzzle? Or get through a puzzle. Yeah. And there were times where you just felt... have to figure out what felt, you're buying, what yeah. you're selling. Yeah. <laughs> There were just times where you felt like... And you browse your wares. You know, okay, I totally fucked up this part. And he never shows up again. And, I'm so mad. Yeah. So, but RE4 stuck close to Resident Evil's roots while bringing all the new fresh stuff in the franchise. The over-shoulder aiming to make it feel like you actually had control of your weapons rather than point, hopefully point at an enemy and hopefully shoot in the head based on the RNG. No not, fixed camera in that game, right? That was one of the no, first ones without that weird fixed camera. They had fixed like, camera in certain parts. In certain oh, parts, was it? the camera tried, tried yeah. to kill you, yeah, but not at all. Yeah. I mean, you saw me do the Devil May Cry stream and you literally yeah, said I'm this like, camera dude, this camera's ass. That camera yeah. is like, was almost as bad as Epic Mickey. Because yes, there are certain parts where you're fighting stuff in the corner of the screen and you can't see yourself fighting shit. You just hope it's dying. Yes. You're like, I'm hitting it because my style meter's going up. <laughs> so, uh, let's talk about the, uh, the president's daughter. Yeah, so, escort missions. Everyone says escort missions are the bane of video games. Like, escort missions are horrible. Yeah. The reason this I don't game, like Ico. <laughs> actually had probably the best escort system in the game. And you know why it did? Because you could just tell that bitch to do shit, and she, she went do and it. fucking did it. Yeah. Go in that dumpster you. for 15 minutes. She didn't mouth off. If you left that bitch in a dumpster for an hour and ran off and did the rest of the level without her, guess where she was? In that same fucking dumpster Wait, that actually worked? Yes. She didn't, like, de- no, I guess not despawn, but decide to She doesn't follow you. There are times where I left her in a dumpster, I ran around the map for, like, a fucking hour, killed a bunch of shit, came back, she's still in the same fucking dumpster, just chilling. She's like, what up? Yes. Safe? Now, the best thing is getting the upgrade for her where you put her in a suit of armor and then enemies can't pick her up. So yeah, they still try to steal her and, and she just fucking, she'll literally crush an enemy to death and yeah. they try to pick her up too much. That's another game. <laughs> they try to pick her up and she falls on them. That's <laughs> another game that I never actually finished but I watched my brother beat. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, he, The suit yeah. of armor I don't think you get for your first playthrough but if no. you new game plus it you can yes, put her in a suit of armor. Yeah, it's the game's way of being like, hey, we understand you want to play this again. We're going to get rid of the most obnoxious part. Yeah. Yeah. No, of course, I mean, it was fun because there's Fucking dialogue between the two characters is pretty funny. You learn a lot about your character's history. Leon. Yes, you the learn a lot about Leon's history. You learn how much training... I mean, you see how much training he's had since the events of, like, RE2. Raccoon City. 
Um, and it was just overall a really great game. There was exploration in the game. There was narrative to the game. There was great combat to the, the game. creepy-ass game. Plenty of weapons. Probably what has become the defining inventory system for most games of its style. An attaché case. A grid system, basically. A grid system Where you lock things into a grid. It's funny enough because Deus Ex has that. Both of the recent Deus Ex games have Oh, really? That. Yeah. Um, where you organize your inventory into a grid. It's a good grid or uh, like a suitcase. Yeah. yeah. And then you can upgrade that for more space. Diablo has that too. um, It was just, it was a great, great game overall. It introduced a lot of stuff that has now become a staple, not only in the RE franchise, but in a lot of other games as well. Yeah, I think they did. That was one of the building blocks for sure. Yes. Great game. All right, Dave's turn. My turn? Is this my final one, right? Yep. Because you have one more, right? Yes. It's the final countdown. Oh, we're not doing anymore. I guess we're done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Grand Theft Auto Five, and these are in no particular order. If I counted them off, that was completely. See, if I was going to pick a game, would be completely different. But I'm pretty sure you went in order of the way you went. No, because no, we about went to start with Fallout Three. Yeah. My fault for making you not in order. It's, uh, it's all your fault. Numbers. Uh, Grand Theft Auto Five, for me, as a gamer, which I mean, I'd call myself a gamer. Uh, has the the definition of what you want value wise out of a game. Oh hell yeah! It's got yeah. sixty hours of single player. It's got infinite multiplayer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's got humor, vulgarity, nudity. It's got. Like, I don't know, they're... they're, they're it's got guns. It's got, got guns. RPG it's got elements. RPGs. It's, it's got peyote. Elements. It's got peyote. It's got drugs. It's got hella peyote. Guns, <laughs> sex, violence, and it's all in a nice yes. X-rated package. Well, it's in the living R- world. R- was it M-rated. M-rated. Yeah, it's yes. a hard M. Yes. Man, a, working at a retail... the most erect M ever. Working at a retail establishment and telling mothers and fathers... Oh, little Johnny wants Grand Theft Auto Five. There are whores there in this game. There are whores, and oh, you God. own a strip club with naked women <laughs> who <laughs> offer you lap dances. Yes. And if you pay them enough, they'll give you their number and ask you to come to their house. Yes. I used to actually just show them the difference in the print size. Yeah. So I would flip over one MRA game, which had like three things on yeah. it. So you saw a large print, like what the content was, and they'd be like, "Oh, okay, so it's got like three things in it, right?" I'm like, "Okay, let me flip over Grand Theft Auto." Seventeen things. Like, Seventeen fucking things on the back of it. She ain't in got microscopic no titties. He <laughs> oh said she ain't got no titties. I said you're allowed to say one curse word. He said seventeen. But no, GTA is a complete game. Like it's. It's everything you can want out of a game. Yes. The characters are likable and crazy. It's technically not even a complete game. Yeah. The great thing They're about still GTA putting more online content, online content is yeah. GTA has always been a satirization of the real world. Yes. So, GTA 5 took that satirization to the next level where it's even modern stuff. I mean, it's you have a Facebook... It's actually just reality at this point. Yeah, you have yeah. like a Facebook analog to it. You've got stock Friendster, markets to invest in. Stock markets. You've got actual companies giving over. you ads to sell you stuff. Yeah. Um... You know, you've got different lifestyles of the three characters you play. Grand Theft Auto Five is so huge too. The actual in-game map is ridiculous. Oh yeah, that's huge. Um, the side missions are crazy. I remember one of the side missions I came across randomly uh, was I dropped a, a a drunk, intoxicated 
person mm-hmm. off on a uh, cult at the side of a cliff as Trevor. He <laughs> just uh, find, basically finds somebody. Uh, it's an impromptu mission that happens There's naturally. Of them, oh, I there's a lot of mission. You, you lead them up there. You leave them up up the mountain. You leave them with this cult of what are probably cannibals. You drop yeah. them off. You do it two more times. The third time, they take you as well. Mm-hmm. You wake up like with your clothes off yeah. in this fucking cult. With these people that are trying to eat you, and then you have to murder all of them. Like yes, that was you have to kill your way out. That was funny. Um, um, there's a lot. There's I mean, there's the heists. Yeah. The single player heists are yeah. some of the best missions, like mm-hmm. uh, any kind of missions I've ever played. It's, it's like playing Pay They Do, but going extra loud while doing it. Yeah, <laughs> and they uh, they even did bring some pretty epic heists to the multiplayer as well. Yeah. Eventually, it took them for yeah, fucking them ever. But they did if bring they, heists. If they hunter. had, if they brought them earlier, we would never have gotten the achievement hunter heist that they created on their own. Though. That's true. Yeah. That's true. But no, Grand Theft Auto Five. It just it presses all my buttons. Yeah. Like you know, for a game See, like sometimes you play a game. It the right way and yeah, it rubs me the right way. If I was gonna pick a GTA game, it would have been San Andreas. San Andreas which was takes great. Place in but the same world better. as GTA Five. GTA Five is better. But GTA Five does not have jetpacks. Yeah, it doesn't have jetpacks, but it has everything but. The other thing, well, the thing that I liked about San Andreas for me, either way, is that while you don't Somewhere. have, of course, replayable characters and things like that, San, San Andreas puts you in the middle of a culture that was relevant to yeah, that time. Yeah, like a turf war. I get yeah. that. And it was gangs versus police. Yeah. Samuel L. Jackson dies at the end. Yes. Spoiler alert. It's still there. Um, yeah, the Grove one, Street is in a new game. I mean, I understand. I, I would... You know, put them side by side. For mm. me. No, Grand Theft Auto mm. Five over the top because of the multi-layered story yeah. with three characters. The Michael Trevor relationship is crazy. Mm. Yes. Um, and then the up and comer in Franklin. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The black guy. You know. Yeah. Whoa. Which, there's a very funny clip of someone playing as Michael, and so they call it Franklin. Franklin comes to me, smiling street, so he's just bumping into him as Michael. Like over and over again, and Franklin's like, "Cut it out, dude! Stop it! Stop oh, it!" Oh yeah, that killed And you. Franklin decks the shit out of Michael and wasted his sleep. One punch, wasted. One punch, man. Yes. Hits him with the one punch, man. Black. I did that at one point. I think I had all three of them at one spot. Yes, but if you start fucking with your companions, they will kill you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and the other thing I liked about GTA that no other game had done before GTA game is you played as three main characters. When mm-hmm. that was made as an announcement, I remember people losing yeah. their shit. Yeah. Like, what do you mean? Because people were like after GTA uh, Four, which was like, fantastic. Yeah, not as good as San Andreas. Nico, All right, Nico, Yo, you really don't hey, think so? me, Akaza, let's go bowling. Yeah, Fuck on. you. Uh, he turns out to be the bad guy. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> but uh, playing is not just one character, because yeah. people were up in arms about the uh, the character from GTA Four. Not too many people really liked Nico because he wasn't relatable. Yeah. So they have three characters. They had a very basic online game back yeah. then too. Yeah. Three characters, just cops and robbers, basic yeah. stuff. The three unique characters who didn't like go to bed when you switched off them, mm-hmm. or didn't like stay they where you left stuff. Kept going. They went and did stuff. So, so if you like switch to Trevor at a certain point, you can wake up naked in the fucking desert. Yeah. <laughs> or you can have him Pile come to him as he's yeah. throwing somebody off the side of a bridge. Exactly. Yeah. Or you switch to Franklin and he's doing a fucking uh, like drug deal yes. with Lamar. You switch to fucking Michael and he's usually chilling in his house or yelling at one of his kids. Yeah, yeah. having a fight with his wife. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Doing yoga. I think probably one of the best moments for me in GTA Five is I did get them all together, and I forget. Oh, I got them all on a plane, and I just just a plane, and let it blow up on the ground, 
and nothing happens. Zero consequences. Everybody's just there. <laughs> yes. Everybody respawns at the nearest hospital, missing five hundred dollars. Yes. God damn. But yeah, GTA well, uh, Five for me, like I said, presses all my buttons. Yes. It's easily in my top five. They're just. Experience. I don't know where in my top five, but it's in there. Yes. There's just a lot. It of might ex- be five. There's a lot of experimenting and exploration you can do in that game, which I think also adds value to it. I mean, bang for your buck, GTA Five definitely killed it. Yeah. Yeah. They probably game, if we would have seen known how much content was going to be in that game, they could have released it at like ninety bucks. And they brought it across multiple generations. They released it on the 360 after years of people waiting. Mm -hmm. And then two or three years later, they re-released it on HD, Xbox One, PS4 with more features than the console had. With more features and after people were like, well, no, they're not going to release it. They're definitely Mm -hmm. not going to release it. And then it came to PC too, which was a huge accomplishment for Rockstar. Yeah. Because the PC community was up their ass without Red Dead. So this one, they kind of deserved it. Well, here's here's to hoping that next Rockstar game is just as great. Red Dead Two. Well, here's hoping because yeah. Red Dead Two. Uh, well, uh, we this Red is Dead Three. They need to keep the they really, need to keep the Red Dead. We can't really baby convention date going this podcast because I was about to say Red hopefully next week with the uh, Red Dead Three Sony conference they might yeah. release it then. Red That'd Dead Three. RD Three. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Red Dead Three. Jeez. You get it. Anyway. God. Go. My final game. Is a game that has literally no story, no no direction, no anything until it came to Xbox and consoles. Story and that kind of annoyed the shit out of me. Uh, Minecraft. It's a good pick. I have played Minecraft since yeah. Alpha. Yeah. I have purchased that game for myself, for Dave, for myself again on 360, <laughs> and then for myself again on Xbox One. Yes. I purchased it for Nate. Yeah. I did. Did you pass it on? Did you buy it for anybody? I didn't have the opportunity What the to. fuck? Dude, come on. No one else I knew wanted to. I literally forward. asked people. Pay it forward. I asked people if they wanted it. And people said, no, I don't have a PC to play it on. No, I just don't want to play Minecraft. No, the PC to play it on, it runs on a calculator, for God's sake. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It, <laughs> it actually kind of is a little bit intense. Procedural it generation real. takes more than a calculator, um, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> but no, Minecraft, it's, it's a game that I will play the shit out of with friends. Mm-hmm. I We've done, tried doing... Uh, servers. We've played hours and hours on both 360 and Xbox One. And it's just a game I can go to and play. I will sit and be like, oh, you know what? I'm gonna play Minecraft for like half an hour, hour. I'll wake, I'll I'll be awake until three o'clock in the morning the next day. Because I just, it's relaxing. Mm -hmm. I feel like if I play Minecraft and go to sleep in Minecraft, I feel like I actually took a nap. Put you at ease. Yeah. It's the best stress relief. They call that technique. going in. They call that like just going in too deep. That's a little yeah, too much God. immersion. Yeah, no, it's good. It's oh fine. I swear, I Minecraft is available on VR, so that's about as big as you can yeah, get. Yeah, but Hololens. it's it's kind of shit VR. Yeah. <laughs> it's that point and click. Oh, I want to go over there. Warp, warp. Yeah. One, if I can actually run around in Minecraft, then I'll be happy. Gotcha. If I have to. Just teleport around. Fuck that. No. No, I was. I'm actually. It's funny you brought that up because I think I had mentioned this a while ago. To Minecraft's the kind of game that you can't is, really like. We should start a new Minecraft. World. Minecraft server. New Minecraft world. Oh yeah. yeah. Space Time Taco. Because Minecraft I would really like to play it again. I've tried I mean, that. I don't even have all the achievements in Minecraft. That's how early I just kind of <gasps> let it go. We can do the new achievements. Yeah. We should start and, a new um, world. I haven't even seen most of what Minecraft has to be offer. To be honest, like I've been to the Nether. I've never been to. The end. the end. The end. Really? No. 
Just Chris, because I had we got the achievement. Minecraft by you myself. You went to the end for my 200,000. We I built that fucking these, world up for how I, long? For I always think of these projects that I want to do, like... I want to build a railway station in Minecraft. I want to do all these crazy things. Well, the thing about the Minecraft... Is I have to have people who want to actually do that shit with me. Because doing it by yourself is a daunting-ass task. It's daunting, but the thing about Minecraft is you get out of Minecraft exactly what you put into it. Yes. If you do nothing, then it's not going to be rewarding. I understand. It's but if just, you put some time into it, and you can't yes, I just never... For me, it didn't have the appeal of me dumping, you know, 30 hours, hours into, into it, it to get to the end. And yeah. doing not just 30 hours overall, but trying to fit all of that inside of, like, a week. Whatever. Fitting all that, like, inside of a week, or fitting that all inside of a couple days. Like, that's what people did when they did big stuff, is fitting, you know, a ton of gameplay inside of a day, playing it for six hours a day, which I just, it never gripped me like that. Yeah, never took you home. Yeah. I mean, I built some awesome stuff in it, but never never stuff on the scale that I really wanted to build it. Mm. It's also always been cool that, from the beginning... They started with literally just, hey, look at these blocks. You can break these blocks. You can place these blocks. And then they added bad things. And they added more good things. And they added more bad things. Then they added more things you when can you build. When you play from, from Alpha, yeah, the development of the game was very much a part of it's people's enjoyment. Coming. As people requested things, and, and you yeah. know, they'd add them to the game as time went on. Like Horses didn't used to be a thing. Yeah. There are horses. They were mods. They, back then, they, they were mods. mods. Yeah. And now it's reached that point where you're like... If somebody makes a good enough mod, they put it in the goddamn yeah. game. They'll be like, hey, you, you, how did you do this? Show yeah. us, okay, us the script. The other great thing is that Minecraft made procedural generation... Big. Big. It put it on the map, and it said, here's what you can actually do with procedural generation. And everyone was calling it at the time, random generation. There's a difference. Yeah, there's <laughs> Random generation would mean that in Minecraft, you would have sky on the ground... Ground in the sky, which sometimes you still do. Lava on the ground. You would have, like, lava. You would spawn inside of lava blocks. You know, just crazy stuff. No, it's actually a rule. It's one of my favorite things about the game is it's built into the code. You cannot spawn above or on or above lava. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what procedural generation is, though. There are rule sets that govern what is generated. So, in that way, it's like you're not going to find diamond as soon as you dig your first block of dirt. It depends on the seed. Yeah. It yeah. depends on the seed. It's it's it'll happen you, can, you know, the, the one in a trillion can, trillion seeds. Yeah, but I seed actually I remember is, I had a seed one time, I can't remember if it was PC it's or part Xbox. Of the procedural generation. I go in, I'm like, alright, because you instantly you punch wood, you make a wooden pickaxe. You mm-hmm. get stone, oh shit, now I have a stone pickaxe. Went further into that stone, I found iron. Iron. Instantly smelled <laughs> it. I had an iron pickaxe. Once I got through that iron Fucking diamond. <laughs> I had never... It was the quickest of diamond I have ever done. Yeah. Nice. So, I mean, no, I I get why Minecraft would be... I think Minecraft is on a lot of people's top five list. I put it on the top ten. I'm actually surprised it's not as high on people's list. But it's, it's also because of, it did... I, I think had, it's... It, it, I think a resonance. the Minecraft... Resonance. It resonates with me a the lot The Minecraft more. wave has been ridden. Yeah. And so, like, the last few people in that wave are the people who have been like you into Minecraft forever. They're or just now yeah, getting into it. Or just now getting into it. And the thing a that small kinda, subset. There's a couple things that kinda killed the Minecraft fan base. First it was this idea. It was really just Minecraft's image. Is that it wasn't the it wasn't, you know, a hardcore shooter or anything like that. So everyone thought, oh this is a kid's game. No, not at all. And so nope. but then more and more kids of course started buying Fuck it. Creepers. Um the other thing that kinda went went out the window was Minecraft released it was like fucking Hasbro at a point, dude. If 
If I had ever said that a video game was made for the purpose of making toys and I knew nothing about video games, Minecraft would be I would point it at Minecraft. Mm. Because it's the same thing with TV Pokemon. shows. If I said, if I had looked at a Pokemon, if I looked at Pokemon toys back in the nineties and I knew nothing about cartoons, which would be fucking impossible to do in the nineties, by the way. But if I knew nothing about cartoons and I said, hmm, what cartoon could I think of that was for the sole purpose of making toys, even though it wasn't? I pointed Pokemon. Is no. the sole purpose of making trading cards? I was <laughs> going to say the sole purpose. There, but that's the, the sole majority purpose of selling merchandise. I think a lot of what you're saying is yeah. is true, but not for the reasons you think. It's the the merchandising. Mm-hmm. came from licensing yeah. from when they were purchased by Xbox. Okay. When Xbox there was some before. Minecraft, there was some before, it was but much not smaller. nearly as much. It was much smaller. The problem, though, made. is now that just... Minecraft was out on everything at that point. Yeah. So because it's out on everything, obviously it's owned by Xbox, but they can't like directly get revenue from like yeah. Sony I or mean... Nintendo now that it's already out on those systems. <laughs> so the, uh, the licensing, Nintendo the toys, the, the, purchase, the Legos... There is still a dedicated... Minecraft Isle in Target stores. Minecraft Isle? Yes. Oh, yeah. I have a Hot Wheels Minecraft cart. Nice. But it's a a dedicated aisle to just Minecraft toys. I've seen it. I've seen it. I used to work there. Yeah, they put nothing else there, though. Well, no, actually, it's not just Minecraft anymore. It's like a couple years. It's um, Minecraft and Five Nights at Freddy's. It's Minecraft, Five Nights at Freddy's, in Terraria still, actually. Okay. Um, Yeah, for whatever reason, Five Nights at Freddy's is like the next. License thing. It's like the next Minecraft yeah. license, which is thing. really weird because it's very, very. It's like a scary, creepy game, creepy game for adults where animatronics try to kill you. I was gonna say the license, like, the marketing, and the licensing. All those toys and all that kind of those things with Freddy's face on everything yeah. came when the main characters aren't even being put in the games anymore. Yeah, the yeah. next game in like the series Bonnie is doesn't completely have, different. Yeah, there's no Bonnie in, in like the third Five Night game, basically. Fourth. Fourth, fifth, summer, best, whatever sister location that's. So we're we're gonna a bit off on a tangent here. Yeah. We got one more game to talk about. One more game. Um, I know what it is. Oh, and we're out of time. Thank you. Send us out. <laughs> Our apologies, to Matt Damon. We ran out of time. Uh, it's well, no. Um, it's Matt Damon. That's no, not Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Yes, Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Was a great game on 360. No. I picked. Yeah, I played it for achievements. Batman. Arkham Actually, one of the second Knight. or third games I got on Batman. Arkham Knight. Really? Yeah. That box. For me, as a Batman fan, this was being the Batman to me. Mm-hmm. Is that Batman? Be, is being in the shoes of a character at what was a pivotal moment for every Batman fan? The death of Jason Todd, seeing him come back. Spoilers. As Red. <laughs> this is so old. Like, if you haven't, if you don't know this, why the fuck are you comic book fan at this point? I w- oh, I thought you were talking about just the the game itself. No, it's it's funny though because we why are you why are you doing that? Have you not played Arkham Knight? Do you not know anything about Arkham Knight? Okay. You can't spoil Arkham Knight because Dave hasn't played. I will say we're not spoiling it. Okay, so there's a point in the comic books that well, is in would, the game as well. What happens is Jason Todd is killed by the Joker. Joker. I already know some of this. This guy comes back in this game as Arkham Knight, originally as the Red Hood in the comic books. Is Barb's the Red, the Red Hood, Hood later in this? Barb's the Red Hood. Barb was in a wheelchair. Barb is not in a wheelchair anymore. What? Um, <laughs> it's Jetpack. It's not Jetpack. And Rollerblades. They retcon Barb Gordon. She can walk now. Um, <laughs> Wait, I thought they did the killing joke in the game. No, they didn't do the killing No, they didn't do the killing joke. They definitely didn't do that. They skipped over the killing joke. She's in a wheelchair in the game already as Oracle. They never mentioned her. They never mentioned her character before Arkham Knight, period. I could have sworn that they showed no. the clip of him coming to the, the door. No, what they so. show in Arkham Knight is 
Batman is having a fucking hallucinogenic experience because he's been After effects tainted of the Joker by, yeah. by the Joker serum. And the Joker he sees... Yeah. He's called to this apartment where apparently Poison Ivy leads him to, and he sees a vision of Joker killing Barbara while she's already in the wheelchair anyway, because that's what he knows her as in this timeline, mm-hmm. and kills Barbara in front of him, and then he's devastated. He's like, I failed, I fucked up, I did terrible, and Alfred's trying to like pep him up, saying, look, you still have a job to do. Like You can't get down on yourself right now like there's still people in trouble so Batman you know picks himself up and does his job but he's sullen for a long time in the game until he finds out hey Barbara's actually alive and I'm a fucking psychopath (laughs) Um, that happens pretty early on doesn't it the scene scene points like chapter one of the game the great thing about it is you have all these side mysteries to explore which are still iconic characters in the Batman franchise Um, you have the Batmobile of course was pretty once you got the hang of it I don't know why people dogged on the Batmobile before. Once I got used to it, it was a fun thing to drive. I mean, it felt like what the Batmobile should be, this unstoppable, rolling mass. Mass of death. I couldn't even call it a car. It's a big metal mass with four <laughs> wheels attached to it and a rocket booster. <laughs> it's like if I took if I took a steel block and put little tiny wheels on it and then slapped a rocket on his back and just not even gave it a steering wheel, just told it to go a direction. So it's like the Rocket League Batmobile. <laughs> yes. Oh, I love Rocket League. Um... Alright, number six game for everybody <laughs> Rocket is Rocket League. Yes, Rocket League. But um, the narrative of the of Arkham Knight is what made me feel like the Batman. The it's not just having the gadgets and the suit and things like that, but it was the fact that you know, Batman logically knows that the Joker is dead, mm-hmm. but he's still plagued by the memories of the Joker and still struggling with this idea of is he going to keep this no-kill thing? Because now things have gotten out of hand. You have this rogue army taking over Gotham City. You know, where's the point that I... And I'm one person. Where's the point where I say, okay, I'm not going to kill these guys who are killing everybody else around me. And then you just fucking snap in the middle of the game, you actually become the Joker, you're mowing down people left and right, you're in this version of the Batmobile they call the Joker-mobile, which is all dressed up like his colors and stuff like that. But does any of that actually smile on it. That is the big question. That is the unanswered question of the game to this day. Is does any Pretty of that sure actually happen? happen? Because they never tell you. What you're left to assume is that the penguin's dead, that uh, Two Face is, is dead, that these people Freeze who you yeah that you killed with this you know Joker, you walk around in first person with them with a shotgun in some parts of the game, or in third person in others, but you you know kill these things, you kill these people, and you're left to believe at the end of the game you don't know if you really did any of that or not. So that's the interesting part of it. And the other interesting part of it is that this is where, in this timeline, in the Arkham timeline for these games, Batman decides to hang up the cow. He's done. Kind of. He starts with he he starts the, I think he calls it Nightfall Protocol, yeah. blows up Wayne Mansion, him and Alfred get out, you know, undercover, so people assume that Bruce Wayne is officially dead after, at this point, knowing that he's the Batman anyway. Um... And then you're given this little scene at the end of the game if you 100%. That was part of the 100% scene, but this little scene at the end where these thugs are like mugging this girl in the alley because they believe, okay, Batman's gone. We can go back to a life of crime and shit like that. We don't have to worry about anybody, right? Cops don't give a shit. Whatever. And then you see this freaky bat-shaped figure up on top of this building, and then it just swoops down. You can't tell if it's Batman or not. You have no fucking clue who this guy is. And Batman. that's the end of the game right there. Roll credits. <laughs> so Until next episode. Yeah, so if you're a fan of Batman in any way and you want to feel like you're in the boots and the cape and the suit of the Batman, play this fucking game, to be perfectly honest. Play all four games. Arkham Knight. Yeah. They actually just remastered uh, Arkham 
Origins One and two. in Arkham yeah. Asylum. Uh, Asylum and City. City? Arkham Origins City. Origins is not getting a update. My bad. Yeah. Which some people are actually upset by, but I never played it, and I barely played the other Arkham games, Origins so. might as well just put in serious boss fights trying to get it. Yeah. <laughs> so, that was top five games from each of us. From Dave, Nate, yep. and Chris. Might change in the future. Yep. Hell, they might change now. They have, may have changed as you're listening to this. Yep, they could have. Thank you for joining us. On a special presentation of Space Time Taco. Go inside and play video games. Peace!